0: C.S. Lewis said this, When I lay these questions before God, I get no answer. Anybody ever feel like that? Yeah? But he says, But a rather special sort of no answer. It is not the locked door. It is more like a silent certainty. Not not uncompassionate gaze. As though he shook his head, not in refusal, but waving the question like, Peace, child, you just don't understand. Can a mortal ask questions which God finds unanswerable? Quite easily, I should think. All nonsense questions are unanswerable. How many hours are there in a mile? Is yellow square or round? Probably half of the questions we ask, half of our great theological and metaphysical problems, are like that to God. So that's why we're approaching this series more of a, here are the answers, but rather let's explore this together. We started... Today's service off um, with a passage from First Peter, and the passage I'm get, excuse me, I'm getting ready to read is kind of like, I guess, a different angle on the same coin. Peter's talking to his church, and if you remember back at, during the passage, he he remind he's reminding his church of all that Christ had done, of the salvation that was brought to them, of all that was prepared, of all that was spoken. And, and then he says that one of the best words in Scripture, so. In other words, because of that, there are practical implications because of that truth. And then he goes on to his church, in that text specifically, but if you just read the whole book of 1 First, First Peter, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. He goes into some of the stuff that we don't like to talk about, or we have like to shove into the box of legalism or moralism or whatever. And he says, because Christ has done this, because he went to the cross for you, because he gave you his grace freely, there are social implications for how the church is supposed to be. There are moral implications for how the church is supposed to act. There are physical implications for what the church is supposed to do. It is not merely showing up to church on Sunday and wearing the name tag saved, that means you are saved. But there are actual implications for what Christ has done for you. And this is what Peter tells his church. And as as you continue to read through the book, by the time you get to the end of it, he tells you the why behind it. When we get into moral implications and social implications and, and the do's and the don'ts, we often get to write that off as legalism because We have lived under a church world for so long that says doing these implications or acting these implications out earns you a space with God. Peter says, no, no, no. That's not why you do this. The reason these implications exist is because there's a whole world searching for God and the clearest they're going to get to seeing him is in you, is in his church. And so the implications that come with the reality that you've accepted a crucified God not necessarily for your betterment, but it's because we live in a world that is searching for God and he wants them to find, it and find him in us. So we started today out on one side of the coin where Peter is saying, here are the implications for the church because of Christ's death. And we'll finish today off with another text, kind of the same, same coin but different angle where Paul is now talking uh, to the non-Christian, to the unsaved, to to whoever you want to, whatever title you want to give. And Paul says this in chapter 17, verse 22. He's in Athens, and he says, So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. The way we would say it today is, People of Austin, I perceive that you are very spiritual people. Whereas I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. In other words, what you have been searching for, but you haven't been able to put a finger on it, which you've not been able to identify, I'm getting ready to tell you what it is. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might fill their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each of us. So Paul gets up. Mind you, he's not—he gra- doesn't have a megaphone, and he doesn't just decide that I have the right to preach to these people. But if you read through the book of Acts, what you find is that Paul has earned his way, if you will. He has garnered their respect. He has earned the right to talk this kind of truth into their lives, which is just a little nugget for us, right? And he gets up in front of them and he says, I I get this whole spiritual seeking and all this stuff, but I'm getting ready to tell you what I think it is you're seeking for. And then he goes on to tell them something very peculiar, which really goes against the way our society likes to think. And so this is how I would interpret it for us today. He says, in a nutshell, I know you think you are where you are because you've worked hard enough. You've earned it. You are smart enough. You were given the golden ticket, or maybe on the other side of the coin. I know you think you are where you are because you've been nothing but a failure. I know you think you are where you are because you keep losing. I know you think you are where you are because you were an accident. That's not the world we exist in. The truth is, whether you have many failures under your belt, or whether you have many successes, you live where you live, you hobby where you hobby, you have the personality you have, you have the makeup that you have because before time began, God predetermined it and made it that way. Why? He says, "Well, I've got that answer too." Because there're going to be people all around you trying to to use to use the series title Explore God. I've put an emptiness in them that will never be fulfilled outside of anything but God. And I've placed you where I've placed you so that through each other, through the community around you, people will find God through you. And this is what Paul is telling them. This is what I believe. And this is what Brandon and Trey and John and Austin believe. This is what we believe as a church, that we were not put in this city just to do some cool service projects or do church different than another church which is why we're joining with over 300 other churches in this one voice. Because we believe the reason we are in this city, because there are people placed, predetermined, all around us who are searching for something and they can't put their finger on it. And we believe God put us, put A and C, put every church, put you in your neighborhoods, put you at your jobs, so that through you people might begin to feel what it's like to find God. That's what this series is about. So know this, exploring God is much more than bringing friends to a service. That'd be cool because we're going to be talking about some pretty, pretty neat topics. But exploring God is the essence of community. It is walking with those who live where you live, who work where you work, who hobby where you hobby. It is walking deeply into life together, not above them, not beyond them, but together with them. Exploring the reality of God in this world. That's why we're doing this series. So I've got a request for you as we, as we begin to do this. One, that you would pray for us as, as teachers, um, that God would guide us in these questions, that we would not treat them disrespectfully, that we would not treat them as shallow, but treat them as, and know that these are some questions that people really, really wrestle with. Some of these questions I really wrestle with. And to be honest, I've looked at some of them and thought, crap, I don't want to prepare for this one true so let's pray that that god would give us an open mind he would give us open ears but let's also pray that it doesn't stop here that we would realize as a church our responsibility to our communities the responsibility that was given to us that was granted to us if you will before time even began that god predetermined for us and that we would take, as, as Peter says, we would take this calling, these implications seriously. That we would believe that the people around us truly are trying to explore God. They might not know it's God. And that we've been gifted as guides to help people do that. Okay? Let's pray. You guys go ahead and stand.